Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today, we'll be talking about Becoming One Flesh, part three. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Well, welcome once again to the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is February the 22nd, 2021. It is the month of love, although we don't really celebrate uh, Valentine's Day. So, welcome again to my guest, Benjamin LaCasse, my husband. We are talking about Becoming One Flesh, part three. Mm-hmm. We could really probably talk about our marriage forever and ever and ever, but I'm not I mean, sure that my listeners would really appreciate it's that. It's true. You could just do a podcast on marriage, and I'm sure you would never run out of material. But yeah, no, there's definitely a lot there. Yes, that's very true. Um in our last episodes, we discussed Adam and Eve and the first marriage, and we also discussed part of Ephesians 5, actually did not get into the portion of Ephesians 5 that actually discusses marriage. Today, we are actually going to do that. I know that's what you all were waiting for, but um, I wanted to take a moment and thank my husband for being on my podcast. He did not have to say yes. Um, so that's I, not true. We're married. Yes, I, I had to say yes. <laughs> he could have said but no. But I was happy to, and it's been a lot of fun. He could have said no, but I, I might have felt unloved if he did that. I know, and I might have been sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. When was the last time I made you sleep on the couch? I don't think I've ever had to sleep on the couch. I, I think you might want to reassess that. Years. No, I might have had to sleep on the floor, but I don't think I've ever had to sleep on the couch. I Is can't the floor remember. better? I, I guess because it's in it's our bedroom. Diff- it's different. Oh, okay, it's different. <laughs> okay. Um, So I want to go ahead and get into Ephesians 5, verse 21, where it starts discussing marriages so we can kind of break it down and talk about it. So it's also submit yourselves to one another out of reverence for Messiah, wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as Messiah also is head of his community, himself the savior of the body. But as Messiah's community is submitted to Messiah, so also the wives to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Messiah also loved his community and gave himself up for her to make her holy, having cleansed her by immersion into the word. Messiah did not do this so that he might present himself, uh, present to himself his glorious community, not having stain or wrinkle or any such thing, but in order that she might be holy and blameless. In the same way, Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Messiah also does his community, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am talking about Messiah and his community. In any case, let each of you love his own wife as himself, and let the wife respect her husband. Yeah, that's a very good verse that kind of ties everything that we've been talking about together with the whole wives love your husband, or sorry, respect your husbands and wives love your husbands. And uh, I think you me, made it strike that reverse. Yeah, it. let me go ahead and strike that reverse it. But also, you know, talking about becoming one flesh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very good way to tie it all together in one, uh, one scripture. Yeah, I would totally agree. Um, I think that it's really important, just as we talked about last time, that, that a marriage between a man and a woman is a depiction of Yeshua with his bride and, ha- and his church and his the believers in Yeshua, I should really say. Um, 
we are to be loving and respectful to each other mm -hmm. and kind and treating each other the way that we want to be treated. Right. And I think that that kind of the entire portion of talking about marriage almost goes back to that the golden rule mm -hmm. where you are treating others the way you want to be treated. Yeah, I think so. And it also there's also a lot in there that people will tend to bristle at and yeah. naturally so. You know, wives submit to your husbands. Well, mm -hmm. I don't want to submit to my husband. It's like, well, you don't have to want to. You just have to do it. <laughs> um, That's true. I think in it... the same way that we are called to submit to God. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, for the husband is the head of the wife mm -hmm. as Messiah also is head of his community. We as women don't necessarily have a problem with Messiah being the head of the community, but right. a lot of times we have a trouble with someone being the head of us mm -hmm. being in charge of us i don't think that's the right interpretation of that the, the idea that they're in charge that when they think that what they're talking about when they say head there they mean you're covering right but i think that that's how a lot of women today do interpret oh, no, it I definitely agree. and that they feel like the man that's mm -hmm. and a lot of times men even construe that too. be like you do what i tell you to this is yep. how you you know you're to submit to me you're to yep. do what i tell you to at all but times they, but that's not loving they miss yeah they miss the other half of the equation right Husbands are to love their wives as, as Christ love. loved the church and right. to lay their lives down for them. Right. It's a sacrificial love. It's right. not a, you do what I say because I say to do it. It's, I'm going to lead you. And by leading, I mean, I'm going to be out front and I'm going to be blazing a trail and protecting you and taking the uh, slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that are aimed at our family are going to be absorbed by me. You know, it's like that, uh, you know, something that I always do whenever we're out, whenever I remember anyway, um, I always try to take note of where my wife is and where I am in respect to whatever I think is the greatest danger. Like, what do you mean greatest danger? Well, if we're walking on the side of the road, I always put myself between her and traffic. Mm -hmm. and the idea is if a car is going to jump the curb, it's going to hit me and not her. Yeah. And the first time I did that, I'm like, what are you doing? You were because yeah, I'd like change sides on her. Yeah. I'd like go from her left side to her right side. And she didn't understand what I was doing. I was like, I'm putting myself between you and danger yeah. because I value you and your life more than I value mine. And I had to sacrifice the fact that I wouldn't get my Fitbit steps in on that side because he was holding my hand and yep. just let him protect me instead. Mm -hmm. But I think that I, I know for me, at least, um, that particular part was a struggle. And I think for anyone listening who is a military wife, um, you could probably relate to this because a lot of times, you know, not even a lot of times, every time that your husband is deployed and deployments are at least six months, mm -hmm. you are in charge. You are the head, I should say, of the household. He's still the head of the household from afar. Right. But I'm not there for the day-to-day -day things that, no. you know, are required of me. And so it's always a struggle when he would come home and he would become the head again. And he mm -hmm. wouldn't understand maybe some of the, the rules I'd implemented for the kids or mm -hmm. something. And. Because I'm six months removed from the problem. Yeah. You were dealing with things. Yeah. And you'd come up with solutions that worked at the time. But I wasn't aware of the reason why the idiosyncrasies that were associated with it. And so I wanted things. You know, we naturally do this. I, I've yeah. seen this a lot. Whenever someone's away for a while from their job and then comes back, right. they want it to be the way it was when they left because they're comfortable with that routine and right. that, that, those processes. You do like to be comfortable. But what we don't understand is that in the <coughs> meantime, the situation has changed. Yep. Things are never static. They're always changing. Yep. You're absolutely right. And I think that that's something that for me, you know, I've discussed it before. I have control issues. Mm -hmm. um, I am definitely a control freak. I think that that goes back to people who are anxious, which is something I just, I think, figured out the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, 
So people who typically deal with uh, a lot of anxiety issues mm-hmm. um, want to be able to control things because in controlling things, they feel less anxious. Yeah. And I'm, again, the exact opposite in that I'm not super controlling because I've been in many a situation where I have no control over my situation. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to just be okay with that and to be comfortable being uncomfortable and to be okay with not ha- being in control. Yeah. And this is why when a couple of years back, one of our friends told me, you're just so chill. And I was like... I absolutely adore you and I love that you think that I'm chill, but you really should have said that to my husband because he's typically the more chill of the two of us. Um, But I I believe that through having God as my foundation, um, choosing to not be as controlling as I'd like to be in our relationship, it has helped our relationship, obviously, um, because it's not my role to be the head of the household. It's not my role to tell the kids what they should be doing or shouldn't be doing. It's well, my I mean, husband's. Well, yeah, in some is. ways it is, but it's, it's, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a, <clears throat> it's a partnership. Yes. And it's not like it's a unequal partnership in that, you know, yeah, I, I get 51% of the vote. It's that you have to speak with one voice. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to do that if you're someone is leading and someone is following. Yes. And we don't like that language in our culture today yeah, in our society but again that's something that the military is ingrained in me and even before that you know when i was a boy scout one of the first lessons you learn as a boy scout is before you can learn to lead you need to learn to follow yeah. and until you can learn to follow you're never going to be in charge yeah yeah i think good leaders uh typically have not even typically they've always at some point in their time time in their life they've been a follower mm-hmm. so they understand both dynamics mm-hmm. versus just being in leadership and you know, I've, I've always been in charge, so what I say must be the right way to do it. They've experienced good and bad leadership and learned from both. Mm-hmm. All right, so on the same, you know, flipping on the same coin for husbands, which we kind of did talk about, but husbands love your wives just as Messiah also loved his community and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Um, I think that's so important, and it... I cannot stress that enough. I know there are so many times in marriages where whether it's the woman or the man and really in life, we tend to take things from the Bible out of context. Oh, absolutely. Or what we want. And part of that is what you talked about. I think in the first episode where we have these numbered sound bites that we call verses Yeah. and it's really easy to pick and choose the ones that we like and, and ignore the context they're in. But, that's one thing I've been taking Hebrew lessons lately. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that the instructor is constantly driving home with us is that context is everything. You don't really know what a word means unless it's in context. And I think that that's true too, which is something that really bothered Ben mm-hmm. when he first started listening to preachers, uh, you know, a lot of times, and you know, he's done it himself actually too in teachings, but um, not because he was out of context, just because he was trying to get a certain point across. Mm-hmm the pastors will not necessarily pick and choose different verses, but just go to different portions of the Bible versus just sticking in one area and teaching yeah. on that. I understand now having preached a couple of sermons, why they do it. Cause it's much easier to do, mm-hmm. but the idea that, all right, I'm going to pick a topic. Right. And then I'm going to look throughout the Bible and find where it talks about that topic. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. I find it much. I enjoy it much more when you say, all right, Hey, today we're going to study Ephesians chapter five and you go through Ephesians chapter five and you see what is in it 
And you might be talking about drastically different things. You might get through the first five verses and be like, okay, we're talking about X topic. And the next six verses talk about a different topic. Right. And so it seems like you're all over the place, but you're really not because you're in the word. You're in the context of the word. We had a preacher, um, one of Erica's uh, pastors, that I really, you know, he was a big part of my life and a big influence. And, and he just recently lost his battle with cancer. Mm -hmm. But he would do that. He would say, all right, today we're going to talk about, you know, John chapter three, uh, you know, verses X through Y. And it'd be, you know, maybe half the chapter. And he would just walk through that entire chat or through that entire portion step by step in a logical fashion. And he would do that for months. Like yeah. he'd stick in the same and portion. Erica did not like it. Oh, I hated it because I, I wasn't used it. to it. I, I was loved not. It. I ate it up. Yeah. And now being in the messianic community, what do we see that as? The Torah portion. Yeah. Every week it's like, all right, this is the part of the Bible I want you to meditate on and study on and see what you get out of it. And you go through that every year just about. Mm-hmm. And you go through the next year and you don't get the same thing you got the year before because there's a depth to it. Yeah. And I think that you don't get that depth when you're simply just reading for different verses. You know, it's funny. I, um, last year, all of 2020, um, some of our youth said, Hey, like, let's do a Bible study on the U version app together. And we can all read the Bible in a year, you know, together. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. It was just me pretty much. You finished it. Actually, to be mm -hmm. fair, one of them did just finally finish it uh -huh. um, a little bit late, but she did finally finish it. But um, it was actually a really good learning, a good lesson for me. I have read through the Bible myself without a Bible plan at all. Just simply reading like, okay, I read, you know, Ephesians four today. I'm going to read Ephesians five, mm -hmm. or I might read a couple chapters depending on how I'm feeling that day um, to really be able to delve into it and have a true understanding of what I'm reading. Um, and now I'm trying to find a Bible plan on the U version app and it'll be about like praise or something else. And it'll be like a little devotion that the person has written. It could be someone like, you know, you've heard of like Charles Stanley, which is really good. He does deep, you know, deep type studies, but then it'll be like two tiny little verses at the end. And I'm like, I need more. I need more. You're used to more. I need more. Like I, I, I need more sustenance. I need to, to, to really be able to sink my teeth into what it is that I'm reading. And mm -hmm. two verses is not going to cut it. Like, what is he actually talking about here? Right. Like, what about the entire chapter? Like, what is this chapter about? What are the chapters in front and behind it? Yep. And so I think that um, for me, I'm probably going to have to find another Bible plan that just does the whole year again so yep. I can go through it again. And, and you know, because it's, it's funny, a lot of times, even with that, I would listen to um, just it speaking to me because a lot of times in the morning, um, I'd have a separate devotion time, but in the morning, a lot of times I was just trying to get ready or get my kids to school or um, like this year, I'm driving a school bus in the morning. So I'll be listening to it on my way to get to the school to drive the school bus. And sometimes I have time for it. Sometimes I don't, but it's super important to be able to have that time with God. I'm not really even sure where I was going with that. Do you know where I was going with that? No, this is a joy. Okay. This is a joy of living with me. My <laughs> tangents just go totally off course, but but they're always good. Yeah, I guess so. But um, but yeah, so it's just super important to be able to really delve into the world word and not pick and choose what it is that you want. And I think that that's something that, at least for the messianic community that I have found, we have a tendency not to do that. We actually want to find the meat of it. There are some that, that do. No, I think we definitely do. And, you know, this might like, sound self-serving, but I think we do a better job in that. And I think we do a better job in a lot of areas. Some areas we definitely struggle in Yeah. as a community I'm talking about, but. <laughs> You know, the idea, we have a lot of that, those uh, guardrails already built in for us that help us a lot. You know, we right. have the Torah portion that we're supposed to study each week. Right. And then we have the Haftorah, and then we have the, the, the New Testament portion. And so it really helps drive home the idea that 
we need to be in the word and we need to be studying and, and we need to know what we're talking about. And, you know, frankly, you wouldn't be in the messianic community if you weren't interested in this stuff because you would just do what your pastor said to do then. Right. And I think that that's the other, as the rabbi says, you know, the church universal mm -hmm. is what a rabbi says a lot of times. Um, we've made the mistake of one, taking what our pastor says as gospel mm -hmm. instead of actually looking at the gospel ourselves right? Um, and looking at the word of God and seeing, okay, is his theology sound? Is his, mm -hmm. do are these doctrines actually sound that my, church may or may not believe yep. um does is it actually biblical or is it just something that some human decided was a good idea right. um and i think for at least in our um congregation um if it's not in the word of god we try not to um do it per mm -hmm. se i think you know like the one thing that we do do during our services every single shabbat that mm -hmm. isn't you won't find in the bible the rabbi tells you, you won't find this in the Bible, but yeah. we believe that there are good traditions and there are bad traditions. And that's the lighting of the candles. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of messianic folks that don't light candles and they don't you know, believe in it. And they've got good theological arguments behind it. And mm -hmm. so we're not hating on that at all. No. Um, but you know, this is, but it's important that we, you know, say this isn't, you won't find this in the Bible. Yeah. It's a tradition that is, you know, has been in Judaism for a long time and this is why we do it versus, you know, and I don't want to uh, cast, uh, stones? you know, not, not stones, dispersion on, on the Jewish community, but they'll say, you know, we're lighting the candles because we're commanded to light the candles. Right. And it's like, well, that's not true. You can't find that commandment anywhere in the Bible. And you might find it in rabbinical writings or in this or in that, but it's not in the Bible. And therefore it's not a commandment because it didn't come from God. Right. Which is, you know, super, just super important why it's so, it really is just so important to be able to read your own Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I know that that is both of our weakness is really spending time together reading the word. Yeah. And I think that's just because we're, again, so different people that yeah. we want to do and study the Bible in totally different ways. Yeah. So like, I remember vividly, I would yeah you may or may not know this guy he, he's he's in the messianic world oh i already know man. who you're gonna say yeah michael rude and he was the first um influence interaction i had with the messianic community he's the first uh person i ever heard talk about messianic judaism like it or not and he really spoke to me because he's a former marine in fact he was in the same battalion and the same company that i was in at the time that i began hearing him he was you know obviously he was way back when because he's you know he'd retired he, yeah, he'd retired a long time ago really i think he only did four years and get out but he you know so he we had a lot there that we had in common and then he would teach and when he taught he would do like a two and a half hour teaching for him would be a short teaching yeah yeah it would and i would just eat that stuff up and my wife would be there for about 15 minutes and then she, i cannot listen to this guy for another second or i'm going to shoot you <laughs> Yeah, and you know, we also had like, you know, at least three three small children. Yep. And you're listening to this guy who's you know, you're kind of loud and obnoxiously mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And it was like and for two hours, on, dude. And like, he would go on these long tangents about, you know, other stuff that he was talking about and then he would bring it back to what he was talking about. So okay. Maybe it's cuz he's kind so, so we're so similar, is weird. that it? I'm just saying. I'm not saying you're loud and obnoxious. Yes. Sure, just, of course I'm, you're not. I'm just implying. <laughs> 
But that, you know, not that he didn't have really good information, he did. Right. But also at that point, one, I wasn't really feeling the whole messianic movement. No, that's true. It took her about two years after yeah. I, I got on board to, to yeah. come on board. It really did. And, yep. and you know, two, he was just, I was already dealing with two small children who were mm -hmm. loud. And mm -hmm. him being loud and just adding to the mix right. was too much. And he was going a lot deeper than at that time. I wanted to go. Like, yep. why are you going so deep at this? Like, dude, like, this is what it means. Like, stop going, like, crazy deep into this. Like, just leave it be. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that was on me, not on him. Right. But, um, but yeah, obviously then he started uh, mellowing out a little bit and started listening to less loud people. But, <laughs> um, you know, and, and I started becoming actually convicted about it at two years into it. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it was it was a struggle. I think even our marriage, because I would just get so mad oh, at you. Yeah, you're listening to him all the time. I'm absolutely. like, stop it. <laughs> but um, I'm glad that you did. Uh -huh. But um, I don't even know how the heck we got started on that conversation. Oh, we were just talking about how, like, you like to, you know, we, we, oh, we both stu uh, study the Bible in different ways. Yeah. And so it's different for us to come together and study the Bible together sometimes. Yeah, that's very true. Um. I think at this point we might be able to actually delve into it together per chance. That's kind of what we're doing right now, baby. I know that's what we're doing right now, but like, you know, on a daily basis, it would be nice. That's true. Um, you know, we do pray together each night. We do do the Shema. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that for us, we, you know, we know where we need to work on our relationship with each other and on God, with God. Yep. Um, marriage is, is a work in progress. Um, Absolutely. It's funny when I was writing down notes, the first thing I wrote was marriage isn't what you think it is. Because a lot of people come into marriage thinking it's some sort of fairy tale. Oh, I think everyone does. And we do that to ourselves in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know. The expectation is not. It's kind of funny that we talk about, you know. Um, Good. Last podcast we talked a little bit about the things that i had struggled with in the past with pornography right and that gives you false impressions of what your relationship should be like physically oh yeah but a lot of times women get false impressions of what their relationship should be like emotionally you mm -hmm. think that everything's going to be a romance novel or everything's going to be a hallmark movie and it's not it's hard work and you know sometimes it's messy and most men are not really romantic this in the frame true. that we in the sense that we think that they should yes, be. this is very true um and i think that's so important really for me it's like look we were not created to be alone we're created to be in communion and union with yeshua and with god and god saw that being man being alone was not good was not good and so he created woman mm -hmm. so that he didn't have to be alone right because it is better for us to come together mm -hmm. and work together and not be alone so we don't have to be alone in the different situations that life is going to throw at you yeah whether you like it or not life is going to not be at all the way that you expect it to be mm -hmm. and it's going to have trials and tribulations and hardships but having someone walk with you not only yeshua who is with you in spirit, mm -hmm. but having an actual physical person walking with you through those trials and tribulations makes the walk a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I know as a teenager, I really struggled with, <clears throat> you'd be like, Yeshua, I know that you're there and I know that I feel your presence, but I really wish that you were physically here for me because mm -hmm. as a teenager, I felt completely alone and I felt like no one understood me, no one loved me, which is pretty typical, mm -hmm. at least female mm -hmm. uh perception uh, a lot of times as uh teenagers but also just because of the relationship i had with my father um it kind of made it even more so like i really wanted someone to love me um and thankfully you know god did put my husband in my path and 
it's funny because <clears throat> my my mother reminded me after, of course, I married Ben because she didn't want me to ruin it before I married him. <laughs> that like when I was four years old, I walked up to her and said very seriously, God told me I married someone named Ben. Now, for many years, I had the wrong Ben in my sights. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I totally forgot about it for a lot of years. And then when she reminded me of that, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I actually do remember that. So it's funny just the way that God works. It's um, also funny how your mom knew to not tell you that while we were dating. And yeah. Wait. And because like, and she was like, I didn't want to tell you that we liked him either, because yep. I knew that if we told him, told you that we actually liked Ben, you would not date him. You wouldn't marry him. <laughs> you won't want anything to do with him. Um, because that was the kind of person I was. Um, I didn't want to do anything that anyone actually expected or liked. So um, I was rather honorary. Um, not that I'm not. I was going to say, you still are sometimes. I still am sometimes. But I love you dearly. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's basically, I think, all that we're going to talk about with marriage. Do you want to add anything before we... No, I think we did a, a pretty good job. If I can pat myself on, a back, on the back and pat us as a couple on the back and say we did a good job. But like you said before, Ugh, there's so much. There's so much that we can talk about with marriage. So there, you know, maybe I'll come back again someday and we can talk about this again. I mean, literally, if you look at each person in the Bible's marriage, it they're all very different, mm-hmm. and they all made mistakes. Not one of them is perfect. Like I challenge you to find one where they didn't have any challenges that they had to overcome, typically with God's help and with choosing to be together. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that statement? Yes, hundred percent. Are you paying attention? I am. All right. Um, when my kids ask me that, like, pay attention to your dad's talk. You tell them I'm too broke to pay attention. Ha ha ha. Because you know me and my puns. Yep, you're hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I love you, despite your puns. <laughs> um, I really hope that you got some insight, not only into our marriage, but also into your own during this time. Um, you know, we're not just talking about ourselves just to, I don't know, make ourselves feel better. We want to kind of hope that maybe you can learn something from our own experiences. Yeah. And also, hopefully, you you were able to write down some of the different resources that I mentioned, you know, the Celebrate Recovery, mm-hmm. um, Love, and Respect. Love and Respect book, and the Five Love Languages, Absolutely. which were all uh, monumental in how our marriage is today. Yeah. Um, you know, those are things that I, tools that I think God placed in our lives at the right time to help us get to where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we know, we, we understand that even though we may be having a really great marriage right now mm-hmm. we are still going to have struggles yep. but we know that if we keep god as our foundation you've never made it you're, you're constantly no. striving and struggling to make your relationship better the day that you stop trying to do that is the day that your relationship is is over or you're dead well that's kind of what i was saying there. Oh, that's okay. the only time your relationship is over oh okay you want to use throwing dirt on the other one <laughs> Um, no, we're dying simultaneously at the same right. time, remember? Okay. We, we've agreed that we're going to be like, okay, on three. One, one two, two three, three, and then we're die. dead. Um, but I think that, once again, that's a mirror of how we are to be with our relationship with God. It's yes. not something that you, you're you in it and you win it and that's yeah. it. You, there, you, It's a constant something you have it's to work on. It's a process. You yeah. have to constantly work on it. It's not something like you're not an easy street. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, even if you're not a believer, in fact, actually – if you aren't a believer, um, your road's actually going to be even more difficult because you have no one else to rely on except for yourself. Right. God is still there and he's with you, but you're not accepting, you're not accepting it. So I would encourage you if you don't know um, Yeshua or Christ um, as your personal savior, that you would um, 
well, feel free to email me mm-hmm. or send me a message or find somebody that you do know who is a believer and ask them to teach you or, or ask, you know, tell me you want to know more about this Jesus um, or Yeshua. But if you are listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you are a believer. Maybe that's a bad assume, assumption. But, but um, just remember that if you keep Yeshua as your firm foundation, mm-hmm. Yeshua first, your husband second or your wife second. And then whatever else yeah, yeah, you have else, in your, everything else will fit. Everything else will, yeah, will come together. So I do want to remind you to go ahead and email me at E L M M M three at protonmail.com. That's E is an echo. L is in Lima. M is in Mike. M is in Mike. M is in Mike. The number three at protonmail.com or just leave me a message on messy messianic mama.com. You can, leave it anonymously or you can leave your name if you'd like. Um, if it's just a conversation you'd like to have personally or something I don't necessarily bring up in the podcast, I'm perfectly happy to do that as well. Um, I love you all and thank you so much for listening to my podcast and my husband uh, going down memory lane with our marriage. Um, as always, I will leave you with the ironic blessing that you could find in number six. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen.